on today's episode. And then there's even a lot of pushback from different companies that say, oh I goodness. can't run my website unless I collect this data. Mm-hmm. And so if people don't accept at the very beginning, they can't come on my website. Google's ending cookies. So um, one, do we think they're ending cookies in the way that maybe some vendors and partner clients are saying? What do we think that actually means? And what what is that? What, what are we doing as advertisers to work with that? Yeah. Yeah. Where's the line of like, what's too much? <laughs> yeah, I think it's when people start to say, wow, that was creepy. Yeah. <laughs> ASAP, a Strategic America podcast. And this is the theme song. And we don't have much time, just need it ASAP. Okay, thanks, bye. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of ASAP. You're listening to a Strategic America podcast. I'm Joe Emmons, one of your hosts this week. I'm hanging out with another familiar voice, I think, Caleb Bailey. Caleb is back with us. Hello, everybody. And we are going to be talking to a digital marketing manager here at SA. Um, You may be familiar with Michael if you have watched uh, any of our episodes of Digital Happy Hour on our social platforms. Michael jumped in there. Um, It was the episode, I think, about healthy snacks that your kids will love or something like that. Yeah, and analytics and how that... How those melded together, actually. It was a little misleading. I don't know. <laughs> we had Michael in an apron. It was a crazy time. Um, but Michael is going to sit and hang and talk with us a little bit about kind of what he does, um, changes that are coming to the field, and uh, what we can expect with some of the new legislation that we've seen in the last couple of years. But first, I'm curious just to get a little feedback and, and context as to who you are and what your background is. I know we had some like in-house training a while back, and I sat at the same table as Michael and learned a little bit about some of your background before you were here. <laughs> Do you want to chat a little bit about what you came kind of where you came from yeah i mean i've been in the digital world for uh some time right right out of college i got into a a company that was i was paid search that was 100 percent of my focus and we um installed a lot of the apps that you may or may not want on your computer but that's <laughs> that was the, that was the job um and so i got to know a lot about the different things that we can track um how we can optimize our campaigns and and what um ultimately leads to a conversion um, for different clients. Sure. And here at SA, are you in kind of a similar space with what you're doing as a digital marketing manager? I know you guys look a lot at at kind of tracking and, and the data behind some of the strategies in our campaigns that we do. I mean, I imagine that expertise kind of translated well across yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. The, the KPIs that we're pushing towards are a little bit... Um, they're a little bit nicer for everybody, but, sure. um, but yeah, absolutely. We're always looking towards... Um, ways digitally we can drive, whether it be the lead, a sale, um, any kind of t- transaction that our clients are are wanting to to get. Um, that's what we're obviously pushing towards. And, and a lot of the optimizations we make are to make that more efficient. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I think, you know, it's, it's an interesting, good and bad, but it's an interesting world we live in with the amount of data that is out there and the amount of stuff that is available. Um, Caleb and I have talked on the podcast and off air about it before too, about like, there's so much of Available now, and it's it's a it's a blessing and a curse because I think um, it makes a lot of things available to clients and marketers that are super useful. But at the same time, I think we we get a dissolution somewhat in thinking that because we have all this information that we need immediate feedback and immediate results on things, and it it 
challenges things in other ways. So yeah. it's like anything, there's the there's the positives and the negatives, I suppose. But. Yeah, I think a lot of us digital marketers sometimes wear our tinfoil hats because we, <laughs> we do know the the other side of it all, but it's mm-hmm. uh, it's it's an exciting time, certainly. Yep, yep, very cool. Well, like any, any challenges that you run into when things are changing fast and growing, um, I think a lot of folks in this space have probably heard a lot about the legislation that's coming coming around. Um, you know, it started, uh, the in my mind, it started popping up in the California realm, which we're going to talk about a little bit later, but there's a couple of new things coming down the line that we were going to chat with you about. I don't know if, if um, you have any thoughts on any of the legislation that's come through, Caleb, or... Um. Uh, all kinds of thoughts and feelings, <laughs> but um, we'll, we'll leave that for um, that actual section. Uh, mostly, um, like like you mentioned, um, CCPA is obviously the big one that's going to affect in California, but it affects the U.S. and just like um, its predecessor, GDPR, over in the EU. Um, they were very specific when they put it together. Um, it's being put on by the EU, but that's not where it's staying. So um, actually, with that in mind, um, I kind of want to ask, uh, get uh, Michael's thoughts, um, both a little bit on data collection and data specifically within what we do here at SA, and then kind of use that to springboard into how we're interacting with these, frankly, dizzying array of regulations and compliance that's ever evolving. So data, I mean, what from a day-to-day perspective, what does data do for us? How do we use it? Yeah, I mean, we, especially with our digital marketing, even with our uh, traditional marketing, we utilize it to make sure that the ads that we're putting out are reaching the right consumer. Um, We want to make sure that the people that are seeing our ads are the ones that are impacted the most by that. Um, And we utilize data to to be more efficient, to, to target specific consumers, whether that be just down to like basic age and demographic type information, but then we also use it to to see what you're maybe in market for, um, what you're what you like to to research online, and what you've been doing most recently. So it can get uh, pretty granular, but we use it in every campaign that we build. Um, we make sure that those parameters are set in our campaign so that we can target those consumers and target the people that our clients want to get in front of uh, the most. So we're talking about all these different data sources and like, oh, intentions and all that. Where does this data come from? I mean, where's, I mean, you know, we talk about, oh, there's data everywhere, but like who's collecting it? How's it being collected? What? Good question. Uh, I mean, there's a couple different data sources. Um, A lot of stuff comes from the credit bureau. So when you swipe that credit card or when you apply for different things, uh, that information is given to the credit bureau and the credit bureau sells it. Um, And so a lot of that information is given to uh, different advertisers. But then at the same time, your your digital footprint, what you're doing online. Um, I mean, just thinking about Google and what they own. They own Chrome. Uh, They have mobile phones now. They have YouTube, the search stuff. Um, Just about anything you touch, um, Google may have an impact on it. Um, And so they're able to collect all of that data. Facebook's the same way. You you willingly give up a lot of information on Facebook um, and you can be targeted with that information. So um, it's a little scary. Sometimes, I mean, in, in the digital marketing realm, you would think that we could use it in a good way, but as as a lot of things, <laughs> greed takes over and, and it starts mm-hmm. to be used in a, in a different way. Um, so when you talked about like, I mean, Chrome alone is, I, God, I remember reading a thing where you can look at your targeting profile on Chrome. Could you talk to a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, a lot of uh, different companies have started to get to this point where you can look at how they view you. Um, and so you can see what type of buckets they put you in. And that could be a bucket of uh, 
married or single or down to your political leanings or um, what you're in market for. Do you like uh, automobiles or do you like sports? Um, and they just give you a big list of what they kind of bucket you in. And Facebook does this as well. And sometimes it's interesting. And um, I've kind of looked at it and started to try to mess with the algorithm and see what things I can change to make it not true for me, but it's just kind of a fun game. It's interesting to me. I, you know, we've talked about this in various places too, but I'd never experienced, experienced it in the Facebook marketplace. But, um, I, this morning, this is going to be a bit of an aside, but we're trying to get ready for like a garden, you know, spring's getting closer. And one of the things we talked about doing, my wife and I talked about doing was adding, um, rain barrels. Like we've got a couple different water spouts that come off the back of the house and they're fairly cheap. And it's like, we might as well not waste the water that we have coming from the city. Just take the rain and put it back out there. And I ran across on Facebook Marketplace. I didn't search for it. I just, I saw one, but it was just one, you know, and I pulled it up and it was a listing I was interested in. So I shared it to my wife. This like less than a couple hours later, I I was on my lunch here and looked back through Facebook Marketplace. All of a sudden I have barrels everywhere. They're showing up all (laughs) over the place. And and it was, I never searched. It was the share, I'm sure, that kind of got that footprint in the door. But it was crazy how fast that turned around to me. And I guess that's kind of, in a sense a lot of digital spaces you can pull that data pretty quickly but I'd never experienced it in marketplace that was interesting yeah all those different actions that you have online can can certainly uh, influence what you're seeing in terms of advertising and 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 again some of that is good if I mean now you're seeing more different options that you have but some of it's also very intrusive and that's where a lot of this uh, legislation comes out yeah you kind of toe that line constantly I guess because ideally I mean good marketing is going to be relevant to whoever you're showing it to it's just yeah, where's the line of like what's too much? <laughs> yeah, I think it's when people start to say, "Wow, that was creepy." Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, what's that? I mean, that's anytime you mention that you're in marketing, that's one of the not maybe not the first thing, but a lot of the questions mm-hmm. like, "So, are you guys like listening to my phone?" Or, <laughs> so, Michael, is SA listening to our phones? I mean, I hope. Yeah, not, I mean, but... Caleb, don't ask me that question. Oh, no, right, right, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, absolutely not. My phone, can we my phone's this? on airplane mode right now. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> no, absolutely. But I mean. Your microphone is there, and there are companies that can do that. We we certainly don't, um, but uh, there's vendors that that can do that. No, that's absolutely true. We've actually had a few vendors come in and talk about um, this. This is all opt-ins, but um, there's. I mean, you'd be watching TV ads, and if you opt in, they can listen and see, like, oh, yep, I heard my TV ad. Thanks. Yeah. Um, I don't think they compensate you for that. You just. You, they just ask and you say yes. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's crazy the amount of things we can collect. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's I I wonder sometimes too with the opt-in piece, and maybe you guys know more about this, but like I, as a consumer, I would I probably wouldn't even know what I was opting into sometimes. Like you decide you want an application, or like especially I'm intrigued too by all these voice applications. You know, when you look at stuff that's built on top of Alexa or Google Home or like all these various products that are coming out, and voice is going to continue to grow. I mean, it's efficient, it's useful, um, but that's all based off of microphones. Yeah. So you know, you opt into an application there. What are you signing up for? That's you know, I'm sure some of this legislation is probably looking deeply into that. So you guys are probably more aware of that than I am, and in, in my expertise. But that's something I have thought a lot about as the voice stuff continues to grow. Because, like, yeah, you're going to be. I use my voice search all the time on my phone. Yeah, and absolutely, that, that's that's it too. Because I I have a Google phone. I'm I've decided Google it will be my data lord. Um, but uh, <laughs> I have a Google phone too. But yeah. so when you when you do enable that, you if you read into it, it says that they'll start collecting the data that you you speak to your phone, and that to me is just that's weird and crazy. <laughs> but it can I guess I mean it could be a benefit. But yeah. 
depends on what you're trying to do with it, I guess. I yeah, yeah. Let's, Michael, if you don't mind, um, I kind of want to expand on that too, because just this idea of, um, oh, well, okay, just to keep Google from collecting my data, I'll just, I'll just run everything in incognito. Or, oh, well, I won't use this phone number, I'll use a backup email address. Can you talk a little bit about what that does and does not do? Yeah, I mean, um, I think we're at a point now where you're gonna, your data is going to be collected, and, and what you do is going to be seen. Um, there's a couple ways to make that less intrusive, or l they're they're not able to do it as well. Um, but certainly, the different programs that you use are going to still give that data. So even if you're in incognito and you sign into your Gmail, that still then now Google can ever see everything, you know? Yep. And then same thing with Facebook. If you're in incognito and you sign into Facebook, you're still, once you sign in, that's still allowing people to gather that first party data. And, uh, and so um, it's, it, it, we're kind of in a digital realm where people are using these things and it's enjoyable and, and people use them for, for good and evil, but, um, but you use them, and just because you're using them, they're able to collect all of that data as well. Yeah, and when you're, this is my ignorance before as well, being in the the like more production side of things. But when you're talking about first party data, you're talking about like you sign in, and Facebook is then going to have access to that data, or whoever that application is built on top of. Is yeah, that what you're referencing? Yeah, absolutely. The the sign in is one of the the key components, and what everybody would kind of point to as first party data. Once you sign in. Um, to Facebook, that's when the first party data that they can collect on you, sign into Chrome, sign into a lot of different applications, uh, then they can start to collect that from there. What's up too? Can we clarify the difference between first party and third party data? Yeah, uh, it's a good question. Um, I mean, so the the example of signing into a to a website that would be the first party. Third party is uh, we have a pixel on on your your browser, and you go on. Um, on a shopping website and and look at a specific piece of clothing, um, they're able to then kind of see that and then remarket you with that. Um, but that's not, if you're looking at something on Old Navy, um, we can see that you're seeing that, but that's not exactly Old Navy's data that you're signing in and, and giving them um, permission to kind of collect your data, I suppose. Okay. And so like this, like this data from credit card companies too, would that sort of fit under that third party data where that's, you're using data from outside your immediate login, but that's really the way that's being combined to develop this picture. So it's kind of a, a mixture of first and third party data. Is that, yeah. is that a fair assessment? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How I'm, I'm just curious too, with, um, kind of building the picture like Caleb referenced there too how how specific and how accurate do you think these pictures that start to form around people really are as we go through that? it seems like you could really craft quite a, an image on who people like as far as like a marketing demographic goes there's a a quote that's forever burned in my mind of it came after the election of 2016 and um, we all heard about the different applications that were being used and um, somebody that was selling those products said um, we know you better than your wife knows you or your spouse knows you and uh, because of the different things that you're searching online they know not only uh, the secrets that you maybe are are less uh, wanting people to know, and and then just like your your normal data of what sports teams you like, but they they know they can get pretty specific. That that's what I would expect. I mean, that's it is a little uh, 
unnerving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Think that way, but it's so interesting. And that's something that we talk about a lot when we're looking and reviewing data is that, I mean, God, behavior doesn't lie or it can't lie in the same way that a person self-reporting like, oh, yeah, I really like to watch TV. Like, well, according to your behavior, you like to watch clips on YouTube of mm. these TV shows versus actually watching TV or like yeah. a review show. And that's I mean, frankly, that's a different person than a review watcher. So mm. that's always that's something that I mean, definitely in our department and Michael got you and I have had all kinds of discussions about this sort of phenomenon about the the data we collect on behavior is very expansive and can tell us all kinds of things and also can tell us other things. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, there's certainly like stop gaps, I suppose, to make sure that we can't get down to specific, <laughs> oh, Caleb likes to do this, but... Yeah. but, um, yeah. but User 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. <laughs> but what I found... That's uh, what my friends call me. Yeah. Things are, people are very smart, and sometimes the smartest people don't always have your best interests in mind, so um, they can they can be... Um, they can get that type of information, certainly. So we've been talking about all the different ways we can collect data, but then we obviously brought up a number of concerns. So let's, um, if it's all right with you guys, I kind of want to shift into like, okay, so obviously other people have seen this and have some concerns as well, namely, you know, the EU, (laughs) California. So let's uh, take a dive into um, what do we know about um, GDPR? Um, for our listeners, GDPR is the, uh, we, we use that because the normal phrase is really long, General Data Privacy Regulations. Um, that's based out of the EU. Um, Michael, can you give us kind of a rundown of what, what you know and what how that affects your job? Yeah, so GDPR is kind of a, uh, it's got a couple different facets to it, but first and foremost, um, they want the consumer to be educated about what type of data you're collecting, um, which companies are helping you collect that data, and how you're going to use that data. So um, I'm sure we've all been on a website now that that says, do you accept the usage of cookies? And if you if you look further into that, they'll tell you how they use this, which um, which type of companies are collecting that data for them. And it's really about being transparent and forthcoming about what we're collecting from you. Um, And then there's the second aspect of when you collect that information, that company is liable for protecting that um, because um, we've seen a a lot of different hacking, you know, and um, and so they want it. They want the companies that collect the data to have some stake in the game and say, you need to protect the consumer's rights and their information there as well. So um, there's a couple different facets to it, but um, I, I think that that would be the general um, analysis of it. Yeah, I guess that gets, uh, that clarifies a little to me too on like what the, what the scary part of it is. Cause it's not, in my mind at least, like listening to that and thinking about what data is out there that we've been talking about so far. The scary thing is not necessarily to me that a marketer would know my information, but knowing the kind of footprint and the kind of picture that somebody could have um, using the same kind of ideas behind marketing, you could get a message to somebody that you know will be fairly effective if you have a good picture of who that person is and then maybe that leads to questions of like influencing greater decisions or greater culture or greater movements that could happen and that is a little bit of a scary thing so i it's not necessarily the big bad marketers that are doing negative things with this but if the data is not protected that makes sense i guess you think too like i recently bought lunch on an app where i have a uh, debit card already loaded in there you know and that's uh if somebody wants to hack into chipotle which i'm sure they don't have huge uh data security they could probably get my debit card pretty easily and um and that's not meaningless that's that's yeah. significant well that's really interesting because it's i mean that's we've been experiencing this for gdpr for quite some time and it's been kind of seen as a boogeyman in the advertising and marketing space yeah. like gods. Oh, huge regulation, but it's the focus is primarily on, I mean, even just allowing consumers to know 
where their data is and know that it's being protected. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll get into a little bit of some of the challenges with that specifically. But I mean, the, the goal is very interesting. And I know, I mean, to our concerns, that sounds like a positive thing as a consumer. I mean, would that, I mean, as, I mean, as from a company perspective, while it of course does have some challenges, um, I mean, I guess how, do, how does SA feel as a company? Do you? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think we all look at the legislation and say, hey, that's probably a good thing. I mean, we're, we're not, trying to be uh, malicious with the things that we're targeting. Um, And so I think we see that and we're like, well, that's a positive thing, but it does create some challenges for us to to make sure our marketing efforts are as efficient as they they can be. Um, I think we just see that and we try to make sure um, we're as compliant as possible. We want to make sure that um, we're good stewards of the data that we collect and, and the data that we have for our companies. And and so we want to make sure that um, we're compliant in those things as well. Well, that's interesting because that's something that we've been seeing more and more over the last, I mean, definitely over the last year, if not prior to that, is um, we've been moving more and more clients' data, which ultimately is their consumers' data. And I know on my end, definitely, we've been getting a lot of, okay, here's this list, upload this list here, and then once you confirm it's been uploaded, you need to delete off your servers, mm-hmm. which, I mean, it's a bit of pressure on my end to make sure I get that done, but I do kind of feel better about that knowing that, okay, I'm not saving this data that anyone can access. It's literally take it, upload it, get rid of it. So, yeah. cause these, the only um, approval we have for it is to move it that way. And are we seeing that in other areas too? I mean, even outside of just paid media strictly. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, it's always good to have that data that helps us. And, and I think even from a consumer standpoint, we've all had the thing where we're being retargeted with something we've already bought. <laughs> yeah. Right. And oh it's so gosh. annoying. <laughs> and, right. And so yeah. everybody's like, why am I still getting this ad? So like the data that we can collect can, can help us not do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but certainly um, we've, we've spoken about this scariness of it, of it all. <laughs> so um, it's, it's something that's on the forefront of digital marketing now. And it's something that um, we're cognizant of, but, um, and uh, yeah. We did some, some capital improvements and some uh, equipment updates for our video production here um, last fall. And I know when I was doing some of the research behind our uh, figuring out what we wanted to do for our kit and, and some of the things that we were trying to to expand capabilities with, it was funny for weeks after that, I would be getting retargeted with yeah. stuff from B&H Photo and all these various vendors that supply this stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you'd think I'd open up a studio. Which, <laughs> um, it's I, it's just the world we live in to a certain extent. <laughs> and it's funny because the frustration there is like we want the marketers to be better at their job and take yeah, our data. Yeah, We've bought yeah, this. Yeah, Don't yeah, target right, it anymore. Right. So it's it's a give and You've take relationship. That's where it could be a positive that we have the data. Sure. sure. Yep. That totally makes sense. Well, we uh, I think this conversation would be good one to keep carrying forward and we've got some other legislation and, and some deeper dives to go into after the break. But for now, I think we're going to take a, a quick break and we'll be back to talk to Michael a little bit more about the, the state of the union and privacy. Love what you've heard so far on ASAP? Follow us on social media by searching Strategic America. You can also sign up for our newsletter and check out new blogs at strategicamerica.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back, guys. Um, we are going to be taking that. We talked about GDPR. Um, that's the big one in the EU. That's been kind of our, like we said, a bit of a bugbear, a bit of um, interesting legislation um, from 2018. Um, now we want to take a look at CCPA, which is the California Consumer Privacy Act. Um, this one is really interesting. Um, I mean, it has a lot of the same 
overtures and a lot of the same intent as GDPR, but um, we'll talk a little bit about um, how it's different and specifically kind of what that means for the US because, um, and Michael, please correct me if I'm wrong, this is just based out of California. Right, I believe. Yeah, I mean it is, but I, I and I'm I'm wondering if, uh, but the it's based on California consumers. So if we have a website that California uh, residents are are watching, then we have to be wary of their data as well. And so there's really, I mean, there's not a lot of great ways for us to gate like, oh nope, Californians can't come in here unless yeah. they first answer these six questions. Yeah, um, it kind of feels like, I mean, shoot, CCPA's here for Californians, but it's slowly, I mean, we have to be compliant because websites are universal. So yeah, sure. what is that meant for us on the web, on the um, website, on the digital side? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think a lot of uh, websites are looking at uh, having that gate, I suppose, where you have to accept cookies for, for, for more users. Um, you can restrict it to people that are coming from like an IP from California or something where then you can still do um, whatever you want for the other states. <laughs> but I think it's, it's, it's making us all in the United States where we weren't impacted with GDPR think about um, how we look at data privacy and data protection. One well, we've also been um, obviously a CCPA um, just came into activation in 2020. We've been looking at um, some other states activating their own protocols. Um, I think the push is, I mean, hopefully to get something at the federal level. So it's unified versus having, you know, one set of regulations in California <laughs> versus Idaho versus Maine. Yeah. Um, but um, so um, I was doing some research on this and what we've seen is uh, it's similar to GDPR in broad strokes in that consumers, um, can, um, they want consumers to be able to see all the info that a firm has saved on them. So similar, they want to know, okay, if I look at this company, can you tell me what data do you have on me? What data are you allowed to have? Um, is that is that kind of you reading that situation too or are there other pieces to it? Yeah, no, I think it's, it's mostly about transparency and making sure people are aware of what we're collecting and how we're using that data to, um, to market to them or to just show them different things. Mm -hmm. Be interesting to see too, and I don't know that it necessarily matters what these numbers would look like one way or the other, but if that information becomes available, I would be curious to know how many consumers go in and actually access it and make it. Well, I actually it. I saw some data from the EU and I don't remember the exact percentages, but it people are now seeing the, they have to accept certain things, but they don't know what they're accepting or why they're doing it. And it was all based on transparency and be able to see it. Uh -huh. But how many people, I mean, when you're reading the terms and conditions, it's the same type of thing. Like how many people actually read all of the things that they're accepting? Yeah, so. we've gotten uh, almost, and part of that is like the, just the integrated nature of technology. We talked a little bit about it in the break with like voice technologies and your phones and so many applications. And I mean, yeah, we've gotten a little bit numb to like that that process of onboarding a new thing, whatever that technology is of like, oh yeah, you're accepting cookies and the terms and yeah, I just want to get in and access what I'm trying to access. And yeah, that's, I mean, that's how you, I guess, get in those situations. Yeah, but absolutely. That's kind of funny. I Go ahead, Caleb. No, no, I was just going to say, I mean, just thinking about like reading all the terms and conditions. I mean, good gravy. You print that's like, I, oh, gosh, there was someone I was following on Twitter for a while that would, he would print out every terms and condition you signed <laughs> just to show how ridiculous it is oh, for any man. single person to like go, no one's going to read all this. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. And even, I mean, on the flip side, that looking at this GDPR, like GDPR, the, God, I think the current, uh, current page count is up to 88 pages of different regulations and compliance. Now, granted, they're covering a lot of different small circumstances, sure. but that's something that um, um, I was reading an article that talked about some of the challenges is, okay, so one, reading all that is a huge, that's a project for any company, and if mm -hmm. all companies are being held to this, that's a big question. And then on top of that, how do, I mean, how do you enforce this? How does it get processed? And well, so. And then there's even a lot of pushback from different companies that say, oh I goodness. can't run my website unless I collect this data. Mm -hmm. And so if people don't accept 
at the very beginning, they can't come on my website, and it and that's that's what it is. But like, uh, that's a weird dynamic as well. Yeah, yeah, that would be a challenge. I I guess for my sake, I don't even. What do you have any idea of an example of something like that that somebody would need that kind of information? I'm just trying to think in my head what. I mean, I think it's like a lot of uh, news publishers. Oh yeah, they get that. And that's how they make their money. And they sure. know that, you know, that's an industry that needs that type of uh, stuff. So um, if you don't come on our website and we can't collect that data, we can't make any well, money. Yeah, because I, I guess that, that totally makes sense to me. I didn't think about that. Um, but yeah, if you if content is kind of what you're marketing against, then being able to show prospective marketing clients that are, may put information on your site to, to advertise to people would need to know who they're advertising to. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, the publisher, that's, I mean, that, that is what they're selling is, Hey, I can get users X, Y, and Z to this site. Sure. If I can't say that X and Y are here anymore, in fact, I'm not even sure who Z is, they're losing a lot of their already, I mean, the market share they're already fighting for, which is on some cases is razor thin. So that and we can makes get, sense. We can get very minute with what we collect online, but this isn't a new thing either. Traditional media has always been, uh, we can mm-hmm. see the demographics of yeah. who's watching this show and who's watching the news and, and, yeah. and that type of thing. So when we're looking at these kinds of challenges and looking at how we navigate this, especially for our clients who may be really relying on users um, coming into this space, how have clients that you've worked with been talking about data? How have they been reacting to it? And what have they been looking to us for guidance for? What have we been able to share? Yeah, I think that's one of the benefits of having an advertising agency is that we do have um, kind of the, the the look of the land there with the data. A lot of our clients um, probably aren't as up to speed as they maybe should be, or I don't, I don't know about maybe should, but they just aren't asking those questions. But, um, you know, at Strategic America, we look at those type of legislations and understand um, what the what we need to do to, to be compliant, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And so we're able to bring that to our different clients and talk to them about um, what maybe they need to do to be more compliant. I think that makes sense what you're saying too about, I, I mean, it's not, in my head, when I think about the types of clients we serve, um, and even the small business owners that I know, you know, we do a lot of field marketing here. So you think about these these businesses that may be owned by a family or or just an individual owner, and a lot of those folks are operators, man. So they're worried about they're worried about selling their product. They're worried about staffing. They're worried about a variety of challenges that come from running your own business. Um, having a partner like SA helps take the marketing side of that, at least to a certain extent, off their mind. So yeah, I mean, they rely on you as the expert to deal with that because. They've got plenty yeah, <laughs> plate to do yeah, it, so that does, does make sense. So I completely agree that, um, yeah, maybe the need to know. Hopefully if hopefully we can provide that for folks that are trying to navigate this. If anybody's out there listening and needs to know more <laughs> about what, what to do in this navigating landscape of privacy. I was going to say, so without giving away too much, um, Michael, if you don't mind, um, I'd love to ask, like, okay, so when you're talking with someone, a company who's asking you questions about data privacy, what's, what's the number one thing that you ask them when it comes to, hey, I have a website. Um, what do you ask them about data privacy? I mean, I think it, it first and foremost starts because we're we're wanting to know what type of data that they can give us to help help our campaigns, um, and so then we're asking them where it's housed and and how they track it and how they make sure um, it's not uh, it, it's private and people aren't able to access that. So um, to Joe's point, we have a lot of mom and pop business that we work out with mm. and that could be from a filing cabinet um, where they have all their customer information <laughs> or just people may have a nice CRM um, that we can tap into but I think um, it's it's that 
a lot of the conversations come up because we're saying, can we get that customer list? And we're saying, can you hash it or we'll hash it? And then people are like, what do you mean by that? What are, what are you talking about? And it's, it's saying, well, we want to make sure that we're not just taking people's names and their addresses and, and a lot of different other information and just uploading it to things. We want to make sure it's, uh, it's, it's hashed and, and that um, it's not easily read if it's falls into the wrong hands. Yeah, it's basically like that idea of almost redacting certain information that's not, that's frivolous, that yeah. identifying information, I guess. That right. So with uh, doing that kind of redaction, uh, Google's doing some of their own kind of redaction and um, Google's ending cookies. Mm -hmm. So um, one, do we think they're ending cookies in the way that maybe some vendors and partner clients are saying? What do we think that actually means? And what, what is that? What are we doing as advertisers to work with that? Yeah, I mean, I, it's it's a couple things that I, th I think number one, um, there's going to be ways around uh, the third-party cookies, and people are going to be able to still collect data. And um, we're going to work with partners that have that ability as well, um, so that we can still be efficient with our marketing. Um, number two, it uh, a lot of the blowback when these changes were announced is it helps Google and, and Facebook. <laughs> it helps them become. Yeah more of our data overlords, as I've said before, <laughs> mm -hmm. because they're able to collect all that first party data. Um, and so it kind of starts to create uh, a monopoly of some sort with the different data that we have. Um, and then third, a lot of the, um, the innovation that we've seen with digital marketing in the last 10 years or so, it's gonna be very hard for startups and people that are um, wanting to bring that innovation to, to break into because they don't have that that user base that Facebook has or that Google has. And so the, how are they supposed to innovate with um, without being able to collect that third-party data? So there's a lot of different implications that are happening because um, Google's going away from that. I don't think um, that it's gonna that it's going to change significantly the way that we're able to target. There's still going to be a lot of different options, but I think um, it does create a bigger hand for uh, Facebook, Google, Apple, places that have all of your um, devices and that, and they're ingrained in your life already now. Mm -hmm. So um, it's it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Chrome's are or, yeah, Chrome's already kind of done that. So yeah, and it didn't impact a lot of our buys. <laughs> significantly so no. um it, it's it's interesting and um there's a lot of different thoughts on it but um i would say that it's not going to be business as usual but we're still going to be able to to target efficiently and have that type of data well it's i mean you mentioned that chrome did that recently i know safari's been that way for ages where you i mean cookies fall off after 24 hours yeah regardless right um when we talk about some of these things, you know, the big advantage that then the Googles, the Facebooks, the Amazons, oh my gosh, I mean, we haven't been yeah. touching that a ton, but yeah, you're right. what they have is insane. Um, do you feel like a lot of that comes from the, um, come from email addresses and making those kinds of correlations? Is that really the big selling point? Kind of what makes them, what gives them the real leg up in addition to first party data is being able to tie that data directly to a username or to a an email address really mm -hmm. yeah i mean i think it's it, it is the email address it's the sign in um we're able they're they're able to look at your user behavior the affinity like type things that you're enjoying um and they're able to collect all of that within their guidelines that they've that they've given out sure, to everybody sure. else um <laughs> so that just allows them to 
to hold all of that data and say, you can use this because it's first party. Um, whereas the vendor that you're utilizing to, to follow these different users around the internet, that, that's all third party data and we're not gonna allow that. So it, it just makes, oh, gives them the authority to say, use our data because it's it's compliant. <laughs> it's compliant yeah. and it's free or, oh, hey, maybe there's a slight fee for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and they've got that leg up because you've already got so much buy-in to the platforms, yeah. which is oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it is great because you can use, I mean, the Google, you can use it across all kinds of platforms. You can access the exchange that way. You can do regular buying, SEM, analytics. Oh my gosh, it's just, it is really convenient. You just, I mean, hey, just just live in Google. Just live in this space. It's nice. It's warm. Everything works. <laughs> Who are you? Are you a Google plant? <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> oh no. Oh, they're on to me. Um so um, with that in mind, uh, we, you know, we talked a little bit about, um, a little bit, we talked a fair amount about cookies, but um, do we think, um, you know, we, you know, obviously CCPA is in effect and that's California, other legislation is on the horizon. Um, how do we think this conversation is going to change and privacy is going to evolve? I mean, we talked about kind of that juxtaposition between, oh, I want my privacy, but also please only serve me ads that I actually care about. So how do we see that moving forward? Is it just going to be a pendulum swing or do we anticipate other... I mean, not that we're going to sit and say, hey, 20 years from now, we predicted that consumers are going to give you all their data. <laughs> right. But I mean, I think the more we see of these different like hacking scandals and, and, mm -hmm. and people becoming more aware of the information that they're providing, um, it does start to get scarier about the information uh, sure. that people can collect. So I think as the population becomes more aware of that, we start to see more scandal. There's going to be more of an uproar of it. Um, yeah whether that makes significant changes or not um, is, is up to a lot of more people than just us three, <laughs> seriously. Um, but I think that's where uh, changes are gonna start to have to be uh, seen because it is it is scary and there has been a lot of different ways. And, and I mean, even when your credit starts to become impacted because of these Ooh. scandals, that influences a lot of different markets around the United States. Sure. It influences how you can borrow money to buy your car. And if that, uh, if your credit doesn't mean anything, how does that impact different uh, different markets around the United States? So that's where I think you might get the politicians ear if it starts <laughs> to uh, affect the auto industry or something. Uh -huh. Yeah, the dollars always talk, man. <laughs> that's that's the the part of the deal. When you start affecting markets, man, you, people start getting serious. But which yeah, makes you, sense. Get, I mean, you get people to get your information. They yep. impact your credit score, and all of a sudden, if they do that enough, everybody's like, "Well, my credit score, who cares?" Because it's everything's messed mm -hmm. up, you know. Yeah. So that's true, I suppose. Yeah, you, I mean, that's a be a breakdown of kind of a major institution. Like, yeah. well, I mean, yeah. you can't even prove that it's me. So why would I do something <laughs> off right. of this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why Why does it matter if you don't know that the score's actually right? <laughs> Oh, that's man. why I'm banking on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah, that's right. Come on. Legislate this. It'll be interesting to see, too, as this evolves, too. I mean, we saw a lot of, um, you know, in the last, really in the last 10 to 15 years, you've seen a lot of platforms built up on top of stuff. And I don't know the exact dates for when you saw stuff pop up like Google and and Facebook and, and Amazon. But a lot of these massive players in the, in the digital space and the privacy space, too, now um, have grown just tremendously. And it'll be interesting to see as this plays out and they have this advantage that we've talked about to a certain extent or it could be perceived in this advantage at least um, 
it'd be interesting to see anybody that comes up with a competitive idea that considers this new age of what is available. Because I know you talked about it being hard for startups to maybe get a foothold, but I wonder if somebody will see any opportunities in that to say, you know, the more and more people get concerned about it, you know, we have this shiny new platform over here that offers a lot of amenities, but we're clearly yeah i mean protecting the example that i think of that and they're already uh, established but there's a browser called DuckDuckGo, which uh, hides your information pretty significantly and um it's same as it's the same user interface as chrome but they do um block that and so people that are wary of the uh, data that you're giving a lot of people will download Mm. that um so there's already a couple products that you can do that and and I, i mean and and certain uh platforms like Facebook has already said what data you can turn off data or you can turn it on Um, and so that type of stuff is happening but uh, yeah it would be interesting to see what type of uh like what industry happens when people are more aware of the data that's yeah. been given out. And it may, you know, the players may evolve too. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we've seen, we've seen Facebook certainly trying to evolve. We've seen evolutions in, in all of these platforms to a certain extent. So, um, you know, that's, that's how you stay competitive and ahead of these kinds of things. And, but, it, but that's also how people get a foothold too. You know, if people start, um, if the market starts moving one way and says, you know, we kind of are wary of this, um, Let's see what's out there. So I don't know. That'd be interesting to see who the first movers are. I hadn't heard of that one before, but that's interesting. I have to look into DuckDuckGo. God, I think I actually was served an ad from DuckDuckGo yeah. on Facebook now that I think about it. Because I'm like, ah, I recognize that name recently. I should have taken a screenshot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh man! Well, th- this has been great. I um, it's been a great education for me. Like I said, this is not my background, but I always enjoy getting to sit in the room um, and learn from people that are smarter than me and and keep at pace with all the excitement that's going on in our various um, kind of specialties around the agency. So I've enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Appreciate Michael coming in. Um, I don't know if there's anything else you guys want to wrap up with before we go, but no. I mean, the I guess this. Um I mean, gosh, you know, Michael and I are reading probably similar blogs and things on all kinds of new regulations, but God, there's so much content out there that just having these conversations alone, I learn a ton because there's so, there's so much and it's always changing. I mean, the, I mean, GDPR alone is, <laughs> they're struggling to figure out like what really falls within the scope and what doesn't. Yeah. And do they, I mean, what Google's pushing back right now against a Swiss watchdog agency saying like, well, that is actually compliant. And it's like, well, who has the authority to say whether it is or isn't? So right. just that kind of stuff is fascinating. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's just so all encompassing that there, we're going to be having conversations about this for some time. And then as the U.S. rolls out, whatever they roll out, that's going to be a huge well and as more products come out that we all enjoy using and they make our lives easier it's 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 a fine line you've talked about it joe where it's what are we willing to give up to make our lives easier sure and, yeah um, that will continue to evolve as well one last thing that I would probably ask too, Michael and, and Caleb too, if you have any input on this is, is there anywhere if people are interested to learn more about this, learn more about, you know, what companies are doing, what the legislation's doing, whether they're just a general consumer or somebody out there with a business that may be affected by this kind of privacy, um, any suggestions on resources to go and figure out? That's a good question. Um, I would say give up more data and do a Google search. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, every time, every time there's, you search. There's plenty of uh, blogs out there, certainly, as Caleb mm-hmm. had mentioned, that um, will give you a, a good rundown of what the legislation is because we we all know that reading those long documents and sure. pages about it all, it can get... Um, it's it's a lot easier to have someone smarter write a blog and just <laughs> mm-hmm. condense it down and 
um, make it easy to read. For so. sure. Well, and we'll, we've got a couple of things that were referenced through the discussion here that mm-hmm. we can link up in kind of the show notes for the episode, which you guys can find uh, on strategicamerica.com slash ASAP. Uh, appreciate you guys listening again to this episode. Really appreciate Michael coming in and, yeah, thank and you. giving us Thanks the rundown on what's happening. And uh, it's been fun. Hopefully we get to have you back in. And next time I won't tease you about the, the healthy snacks for your kids on <laughs> digital happy hour. We may have to get another episode up for I digital happy hour. Stuff going on. That, yeah. It's a pretty good time. So those hopefully will be coming soon. Caleb, thanks for, for carrying me in this conversation today. <laughs> Guys, oh, please. Uh, it's I, all new. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Guys, I uh, appreciate you listening. Um, again, if you haven't already, go down there and subscribe. Uh, you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Spotify, um, wherever you're listening to the podcast. If you haven't left us a review, that would be greatly appreciated. Um, we will see you back here in a couple weeks on ASAP. ASAP, a Strategic America podcast, is produced inside the walls of Strategic America, a marketing agency located in West Des Moines, Iowa. Visit strategicamerica.com ASAP for more.